And uh, we'll get started. So Matthew 5, actually no, let's go to Luke 6 first. We'll go to the shorter version first, the Sermon on the Plain. As I had mentioned last week, there are different theories as to if this is a different sermon or not. Some think that it is a different sermon. I am of the conviction is the same one. Uh, hey brother, I know you're, just make sure that you move all ways close to the front as you can. Alright, all right, Luke chapter 6, we're to start in verse 20. And go to the end of the chapter, reading out of the ESV. He says this, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do, you see, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can, I, how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take out the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. 
And when a flood arose, the stream broke out against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Let's go to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Starting in verse 1, which we covered last week. Going to the end of chapter 7. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right hand causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than, than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, 
Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. And all the old men said, Amen. Um, no, that's not in there. Uh, continuing. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your, right, your left hand excuse me, know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then if you look at the footnote there, or the evil one, some manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Moving on in the text. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, 
that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, nor what you will... I'm sorry, I'm missing a few things here. I'm not reading it clearly. What you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, Do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every tree, healthy tree, bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Move up, Herman. You could. Move up, brother. Uh, yeah, Mr. Ditto, you can move up as well if you're comfortable there. That's fine. Jeremy, make sure. Okay, all right. Where was I? 19, thank you. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does not, and sorry, and does them, will be like a wise, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now I'll read it in conclusion. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. I'd like to get your impressions of the text. What are some things that jump out to you just as you observe them, either from Matthew or from Luke? Someone to get us started. Way to live our lives. Teaching us how to live their, our lives. Okay. The path of righteousness. All right. Internal focus. Brother, if I could just pick on that for a moment. What, is there a passage in particular, just one that would jump out to you? You've heard it said, but I tell you, you've heard it said, you know, what, what adultery is versus what I tell you adultery is. What, you know, those kind of things. Doing your religious acts, prayer, and fasting. Um, you know, just to focus on the heart. You have heard, but I tell you. All right, great. Others? Seems to be a connection between the here and the hereafter. Huh. Anything that uh, jumps out that shows you that? The, um, you know, rewards. Um, you know, if you do this, you, you won't have a reward after. Um, a lot of Yeah, there's, there's com- yeah, people have written about rewards. Are rewards biblical? Yes. The Bible talks quite a bit about it as something we have to wrestle with in our theology. Yeah, brother.
judge not for you to be judged, to be judged by your own judgments. Uh, they juxtaposed a lot of things against themselves. Thank you. Others? Okay. Um, who Over here first, and then I'll get you, Michael. Who is that? The importance of the law. Importance of the law. Anything that jumps out at you at that? Uh, a text? This, a uh, the beginning, or middle of chapter 5, where it says, Not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all of accomplished. How about that? Thank you. Yes, it is important. Uh, Michael, yes, go ahead. It's counterintuitive. Can you give an example? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's pointed out. Yeah, it, it's and we catch it, right? We catch it too. I'm sure it's written about, and we catch it that, yeah, it's exactly the opposite of what somebody would think in the fleshly way of thinking, right? Yes, Scott. If you don't approach those things from God's perspective or as a believer, it doesn't make sense. In other words, misery is not a gift. Trouble is not a gift. It's to be avoided. But in Christ, it is a gift. And you can actually see that. Because it makes you more like him. And without it, you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Without God, you cannot see. You wouldn't see. Right. Right. Others? Other observations that you make from the text? Yeah. Again, Michael. It, it seems a summary on a lot of different... Okay. Summary. All right. Yeah, it, it's written about. Um, I know Carson and I believe others talk about. Um, you know, like it may have been given in more than one sitting. Um, I tend to think that you know it, it's talked about, written about too. That it's presented like it's in one sitting, and personally, I would lean there myself that it was given in one shot. Uh, but it's also pointed out too in the literature that you know, like Jesus re- can re- you know repeats himself, right? It, it's not like he says it one time and that's it. Uh, Ray, some of the teachings require thought and spiritual insight. I would agree. Anything in particular that you? thinking there would need some thought and spiritual insight. Oh, when he says in Matthew 11, 15, there's two here. I got it in a little background. What passage was that? Uh, Matthew 11, 15. 11, 15? Okay. There was a little out of the text. That's all, yeah, well, but, but the principle holds true, doesn't it? Yeah. We need that. And it was, you know, same way our brother said here, that without God being able to show us, we wouldn't see it the right way. Others? There's a ton of uh, submissions, 
Yeah, there certainly is, isn't there? There certainly is. I um, a book that I've used, New Covenant Lawgiver. He talks about a certain uh, Michael Vlock. His book, The New Covenant Lawgiver, talks about. He's got a list. Yeah, appendix. In his appendix, Jesus commands in Matthew five verse seven. He lists all the commands in the text. He counts out. 46, I'll just use this here, he says, quote, 46 explicit commands in Matthew 5, verse, uh, Matthew 5 through 7. 46. It's a lot, isn't it? And then he adds, uh, then he has a list of, uh, he says, 14 implicit commands. So he says, that, you know, think that there's some, some implied commands as well. So certainly in the text, I would think that we would all see that there is a, the, a being a servant, and being passive, as far as like giving your cloak, right? Yeah. But, turning the cheek. But I would say that the text is overwhelming the fact that Jesus is telling people what to do. Others? Yeah, Michael. There's also warning, not just promise and blessing, but warning. Chapter 6, There certainly is. And, and, and the warning that is, is popular that's talked about, Matthew 7, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure most of us have wrestled with in our life. Uh, Jeremy. Although um, just kind of going off the connection there, even at the, at the close when they were astonished at these scenes, this is someone who had authority. And even in verse 24, it's like if, if you're not taking that Jesus is God, it's pretty arrogant for this guy to say all this stuff and say, um, everyone who hears these words of mine, if you do them, it's good. If you don't, you're going to fall and it's going to be a great fall. Mm-hmm. If he's not God, that sure is a pretty arrogant thing for just a prophet to say. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Vlock's point is he thinks that his thesis, basically, is that Jesus is a new covenant lawgiver. That he's given law. And I'll just kind of put my cards in the table. I, th- I think that's what's going on. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, now, it, it's, I would add a little bit of more, more into that, and we could talk about that next week. But yeah, I mean, and I think that's pointed out too, brother, that that's right. I mean, he's, he's laying it down. And if he's not God, this this is pretty haughty for him to do. This is pretty big. You know, I've said it before and I say it again. We have to sometimes look at the text and say, I can't believe Jesus just said that. Don't get you, it's pointed out. Don't get, we get so used to stuff in the text. Don't, Get used to what Jesus says. I mean, we should, right? We believe it. But don't let the awe of it, don't ever lose it. Don't ever lose the awe of what Jesus said. Especially that whoever has pointed out, like he, 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 make the choice. Hear these words of mine, what's he say? If, if you do it, you live. But if you don't, you perish. That's pretty clear. Others? 
Hey, Jeremy, just piggyback on that a bit. All of his public teachings were marked with authority that brought amazement. That's true. That's true. All of them. Yeah. Right? Anything else? That's right. I mean, there, there's there's so much good. I, I'm been blessed to be able to to. We're blessed to be able to have so many resources and things I've, I've read. Guys, we, we have to get our minds around the fact that God revealed things beforehand, and so when Jesus fulfills them, He expects people to match it up to see if it matches what He says. Amen. You have to be able to compare what was said before to what Jesus said and make the choice of whether or not what he's saying is true or a lie. Amen. Which means, this is not pointed out to me, I just pass it along basically, that you have to be able to understand what came before. You have to. Otherwise, how do you compare it? You can't. You can't. Other thoughts? Where are we at? Okay, we got it. It seems like in his showing that this is the law that you know and that you've been taught, but then his expounding on it and actually applying it further, he's actually showing the utter hopelessness of being able to, to follow that law and be saved by your own righteousness and keeping of that law. And he's showing that is, you've just expounded basically one of the options of how you interpret the Sermon on the Mount. What you've just pointed out. Um, John Martin in an article he wrote in a book, he, he called it the penitential view, um, or it's also he mentioned it's called the Lutheran view. Carson All called it like the Martin Luther made it popular, however he said it. Basically, it's the idea that um, it's to show you your hopelessness, right? And to turn uh, in repentance. That's basically how the view is, is expounded. So yeah, that, that, is a, that is a view. So where point us to a text where you would pull that from. Showing like 
you can't do this on your own, but what you need to do is come and follow me. I'm the one who is going to fulfill the law. Because he makes it clear that the law isn't wrong or bad, and that he hasn't come to abolish it, but he's mm -hmm. using it, as Paul later will say, as a schoolmaster to lead you to Christ, to show you you're hopeless without me. Okay. Thank you. Robert. Yeah, it seems like he's uh, he's really trying to fix the problem. He's focusing on who we are to be. And if you take that light of the new covenant and what he's been dealing with since Abraham and all the way back to Adam, he's trying to be their God and they will be their people. But there's a problem and it's the people. It's us and our hearts. And he's fixing on, he's trying to say, you need to be these kind of people so we can have this kind of relationship. It hasn't worked in the Old Testament. Rebellion, 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 rebellion. And now he's saying, okay, let's start to And so he starts something new. And if he was the Messiah, and if he was the king, and if he is bringing in something new, you would expect something like this. He's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I think Jesus is teaching on, or is bringing out Jeremiah 31 and also Ezekiel 36 in this Sermon on the Mount. A new covenant, a new law. You won't have to teach the people. They'll know me. The indwelling of the Spirit, that sort of thing. That's all new. A new covenant is. Yeah. Um, Vlock points out about how. In the Old Testament itself, I think he references. He might I think he references Deuteronomy 18 and Jeremiah 31. He might have thrown Ezekiel 36 in there about how it's prophesied in the Old Testament how a new law would be given. It's 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 in there, and I think and he and I think we're on the right track when it when the new covenant is brought in here. I think we're. He, he makes an argument for that, and I think we're on the right track there. Yeah, Michael. It, it uh, is interesting how uh, Moses came down from the mount with the law, and where Jesus gives us a brand new law. And Deuteronomy 18, you know, where promises a prophet, and it says, you know, you must listen to him. Uh, yeah, that in the literature that's talked about. They, you talk Moses on the mountain Sinai, right? And Jesus on the mountain. That is an observation. That's a that's a good pickup. You guys who picked that up. Uh, we reference Deuteronomy eighteen. I'll just go ahead and, and read it. Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen says, "The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen." As you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not, this is verse 16, let me, uh, been reading here, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And skipping to verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Verse 19, and whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Yeah, there, there's something to that. Any other observations? Uh, yeah, Mike. Um, just the tone of a father, a loving father. Um, 
just with the do not make this passage and then um, ask him to give you a good father. Love to give good to his children. Yeah. Yeah, the argument, as it's pointed out, from the lesser to the greater, right? If you being evil... <laughs> That's funny. That's just funny. Um, you know, way to, way to win them over, Jesus, right? I think they pointed out, you know. Like, yeah. If you being evil, thanks. But, yeah, there, there is the tone of the loving Father, isn't there? Right? Of God's... All right. Anything else? All right. What? We're going to use both sides of the board today. How about that? What questions does this text summon for you? What things are unclear? What things don't seem to jive or you have trouble wrestling with it? Just, just be honest about it. The log in the sky. Uh, I think I might know. I think probably any of us with a conscience might know, but go ahead and talk about that. The, the log in the spec in terms of when do I address my brother? Like, do I have many logs hanging out of my eyes before I go address my brother on this particular issue? It's something I wrestle with a lot. And, and the fact that I see specs all over the place is that more of a more of a uh, truth about myself than it is about my brother. The older I get, um, because God is gracious and he won't let me be as stupid as I was the day before. Um, that's where we need wisdom, right? Wisdom is always underrated. Always. Robert. Um, I'm sorry. I'm upset with my Lord, but if all of his teaching and never got a super clear, dummy-proof uh, gospel presentation, and um, it's always that's always uh, baffled me that uh, he has to be disciples. I, I, I mean, it's not that he beats around the bush. He talks about how to live, but the actual uh, like the Romans wrote, I never got that in the gospel and in the sermon. So, just sticking with the Sermon on the Mount here, right? Or the Sermon on the Plain. Let's not forget that, too. Same thing, I think. But um, So, let's stick to that. Do you not see a gospel presentation in the text? Is that your... Is, well, uh, is that troublesome to you? I, I guess I'd have to think about it. I spoke too soon, but, but not, <laughs> not clearly. Uh, you know, okay. talks about Christian living, but how do you become a Christian? In the gospel, you know, I will say, well, we'll talk about that. Um, we can talk about that. It does say pure in heart. Less than pure in heart. Yeah, I'll expound on that with the question as well. Um, yeah. Is the righteousness that Jesus is talking about imputed righteousness, or is it um, the holiness of a Christian? You know. Um, That's a great question. You guys get like Mike, Mike. That's a good point. Mike, what Mike said was: Is the righteousness what Jesus is talking about in the sermon? Is it the Pauline 
right, that it's talked about. Pauline, where it's imputed by Jesus, or is it the practical working out of our holiness? That's true. That's true. But I think, like, in the text itself, is there, which one is he talking, is he talking about both? Is he talking about one or the other? I think that would be the question, right? Am I, is that fair? Yep. Okay. You mean, like, uh, the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? Is that what Well, um, oh, is that the one you mean? Like, well, it, okay. Because your righteousness will exceed theirs, so they have a level of law-keeping that yours will exceed theirs. Yeah. And of course, all these other things in the sermon um, are referring to a Christian's blessings. Right. Yeah. Others? Questions you have of this text? I guess the, um, you know, uh, turn the other cheek kind of thing, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go two. Um, it's like, is this a. Where is the line there of saying. Uh, well, no, actually, you, you know, or is it just no? We just every beggar that we pull up on the road here, money, and we're we're uh, back here. Uh, I think all these was the where do you draw the line? Right. Okay, yeah. Ah, yes. What's that? Cutting off your hand, fucking. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like what does verse 39 mean whenever it says, do not resist an evil person? Like, does that mean if somebody kicks down my front door and is there to kill my family that I don't put an end to him first? I. There is almost no way. That I would not resist that evil person. There's no shot that that happens. So what does he mean? Is he saying... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's saying just lay down and let someone come and, and kill your family or, or right. something like that. Like, that can't be what he's meaning, right? Because how are you being a good, a good brother or father or protector of your family when you're doing those things? Kenny Rogers deals with that theological comment, uh, <laughs> if you remember. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, yeah. uh, what, what song would you be referring to? The Coward of the County. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't. I mean, you, you know, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and I know he's saying we are the world, but you know, like, that's pretty much the extent. Um, anyway. Kenny Rogers on Easter on the Resurrection Sunday. Anyway. <laughs> All right, what else? The one thing that always gets me is just the, uh, the jock and the till. Mm. When you consider that with the new covenant that I believe Jesus is teaching on what that is. The, so how, not, you know, obviously... God's law is never bad, never unholy. That's right. And how do the two, how, you know, what is he trying to say? It's a shadow. We looked on, he's enlarged it so many times larger than it was but under Moses. 
And yet he's referring to that law with the one jot and one tittle and all that sort of thing. So that's something that I've never been able to uh, wrap my mind around. I appreciate the I appreciate the forthrightness, brother. And encourage all you brothers to be honest with this text. I don't care who you are. You can't read this sermon and not feel uncomfortable sometime. Who walks away from this unscathed? Nobody. If you, if you say so, if you say you're not, go back and read it again. And if you haven't, go back and read it again. But without the Spirit. Yeah. Even with the... I would agree, without the Spirit, yes. But even... Even with Him. Right? Like, like our brother, you know, just... What does the jot and the tittle mean? How far do I just let somebody come in and kill my family? I mean, these are things we have to wrestle with and deal with. Because they have real life practical implications, don't they? And and we wrestle with it. We should wrestle with it because when we come out on the other side, we can follow our Lord more faithfully and we have more confidence in the text because I tell you, Satan will do everything that he can to undermine your confidence in this text. It is a constant, never-ending war. And you will be tempted to say, well, maybe that doesn't mean what I think it does. And we have to always go back and say, no. Maybe I don't understand this text fully, but I am not the authority and I am not the judge of this text. It judges me. Yeah, brother. And we got to... Go ahead. I don't think he's trying to be cryptic. Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing about this is, if you do look at something and go, that's not me, I think he's challenging us to turn around and press back into it because it, it, it probably is. In other words, it doesn't really apply to me, but it does. And so you push into that and you go, I just can't accept that. Well, he says you have to. If you follow me, if you're my, if you're my king, this is the command to love your brother, to all the, all the things that are just beyond our ability. So it drives mm-hmm. us into the spirit, and I think what it does is it shoves you to your knees because you go, I I actually can't do this outside of just doing a function, like just actually turn the other cheek, but your heart's not. That's that's something that. Only he can change. I, I think I don't. He's telling us to do things we can't do. John Martin, in his article, he, uh, talks about you know that and about how people talk, how it's said, how it's impossible. Well, God commands him like things that seem are impossible, but doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Right. Right. You, you have to face it. You do. And I, I think of uh, Michael Horton's phrase. He said once that basically everything he said something to the effect of everything in Satan's arsenal is aimed against or uh, uh, something effective aimed against our confidence in Christ. All, all the tools in Satan's arsenal, or however he said it. Now, one of those is the Word of God. So we have to be able to wrestle with it and say submit ourselves to it, so that we come out of the other side stronger. Amen. Anything else before we close? Yeah, Mike.
I just think if we reduce God's will for us to these manageable, external sort of um, expectations, that we will pray like the Christ. But when we take this seriously, we will pray like the Lord's Prayer. We end with that. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for this text. I thank you that you put it here to direct us, um, to lead us and to guide us to know more about you, to, about your son, about uh, your will for us. I pray that we would wrestle with these things and that we would, um, as, as it's been said, depend more upon you. Let us put our confidence in you and in your son. Bless us now as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys.